yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage. Today is the 28th of April, 2021. Ah, yes. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I hope you're all doing good out there. Today is Wednesday, which means it is the show day. I put together a very special presentation for you today, and it's mostly going to be me just talking about stuff. And I guess I'll start with what happened to me this morning. I went to breakfast uh, to this little spot I like to go to. They got good food, nice and cheap, nice people. And everyone was talking about the vaccine. Uh, All the people who work there, a lot of old people. And people really believe that that they need to get the vaccine. They just think it's uh, completely necessary and that it's a good thing. And man, you really can't tell them any different. This this particular woman who was a server, she was talking to this table full of old men and they were telling her to get it and saying that she needs to go get it or whatever and that she's going to need it to fly, which just isn't true. You, you don't need it to fly as of now. You don't even need a COVID test to fly. Uh, the only exception being if you're going to fly internationally, then some countries will make you have a negative test before you go there. But even if you get the vaccine, you're still going to have to do that. And <laughs> the vaccine doesn't even prevent you from getting it or transmitting it, supposedly. So what's the point? But a, a huge segment of the population thinks that they need to get it and that it's necessary. And, and what's weird to me is like they don't see that as a problem, that that they have to get this, that the government is forcing them to have this medical procedure. And I just wish that people were were more receptive to the truth and uh, that it was more readily available. But the the way they do it is to just have a monopoly over information dispersion because a lot of people won't listen to anything that isn't in the mainstream news. And you're trained to believe whatever the doctor says. Doctors are trained professionals. They go to school for a long time. And we have this idea that's been given to us through through propaganda, mainly uh, perpetuated through fiction, through shows, television shows, and movies, where they portray doctors as these as these saintly figures who can do no wrong and who who are kept up at night by these ailments that they're trying to like cure for their patients because they're super concerned about their patients. So, you know, like Dr. House, like like the show House. You get the you're given this idea that these doctors go home at night and and can't sleep because they're trying to cure their patient and shit, but that's it's just not true. It's just not the way the world really works. Maybe there's a few doctors who are like that, but the majority of them have been desensitized to people dying for one and uh number 2 they they get sold stuff by these drug companies. So they're pushing drugs on people and they get kickbacks for it and they get taken on golf trips by these fucking sales reps and wine and dine and the whole nine yards. Wine and dine and the whole nine. Uh, obviously not every one of them is like that, but just the image that we're given about doctors is not accurate. They're not godly, saintly people who are at the pinnacle of all knowledge and understanding and truth. They're just people, just like anybody else, and uh, they chose that profession, a lot of them for the money, but a lot of them do want to help people, so I don't want to bag on everyone in the healthcare profession. But it's just a shame how more people aren't coming out 
and speaking out against the vaccine and the COVID thing in general because a lot of people in in the healthcare community know that it's bullshit and that it's not as severe as the government and the media is making it out to be um, and that the vaccine is unsafe. It's an untested experimental vaccine. I mean, if you're getting it right now, you are part of the test. The reason mRNA vaccines have never been approved in the past by the FDA is because they fail during the animal trials. There's this animal called the pangolin, and it has a similar respiratory system or lymphatic system, one of those things I don't know much about, but uh, it's similar to to the system that is in human beings, um, which would be impacted by this mRNA vaccine, and uh, it just kills these little motherfuckers. They're, pangolins are kind of like ferrets, uh, but they all die when when given this treatment. So that's not a good sign. So what they've done with this now is they've completely skipped the animal trials and just went straight to the human trials. And uh, people are dying from it. People are having negative side effects. It might not be a lot of people, but even if it's just one in 100, I mean, that's a person, right? My grandmother, who who had like a COPD type of illness where she could hardly breathe she was given one of one of these fucking vaccines and she died after it like right after within a week after it, she got super sick and then within a few days her blood wasn't flowing through her body correctly and uh and and it ended up killing her and that wasn't attributed to the vaccine officially as far as i know but i mean it it was part of it and some of the side effects that are being reported for this vaccine is uh, blood blood clots. So it sounds like that's what happened. Um, but unlike COVID-19, where even if you fell off a motorcycle and died or got shot within a month of getting a positive COVID test, all those deaths are attributed to COVID. If you die after getting the vaccine, well, it must have been something else. It couldn't have been the vaccine. Uh, it's just a strange, it's a very strange time that we're living in. And it's scary, too, because you could do all of this research and try to gather the facts and all of the true information, which takes work, which is why most people won't do it. Um, and you could try to spread it out to people and, and give it to them and disseminate this knowledge. And people just won't listen to you. For the very fact that it's you giving them the information. It needs to be some doctor on TV. It needs to be Dr. Fauci or some some paid anchor newsreader telling you something that the pharmaceutical company paid them to say. Because the pharmaceutical companies are the biggest donors to the news, to these news companies. And all of their revenue depends upon advertising. And the United States is one of the only countries in the world where you're allowed to advertise pharmaceuticals on the television. Most other countries, in fact, pretty much all of them except for one, I think New Zealand might be an exception that allows this too. Um, most other countries don't allow pharmaceutical companies to advertise on the news. And think about how strange that is. You'll see a commercial for some drug, and then <laughs> they'll like list the... Um, the things that it supposedly cures, followed by the the long list of side effects, which are often worse than the thing that it's claiming to cure. And then at the end it says, ask your doctor about getting prescribed such and such. 
And it's like, why the fuck would I ask my doctor about this? Shouldn't he be telling me about this? Isn't he the doctor? All of a sudden, I'm the guy who has to go find my own medication and, and be like, hey, hey, doc, have you heard of this? Should I be taking this? <laughs> and uh, shit, if the sales rep was just in that doctor's office the previous day, he'd probably be like, yeah, yeah, you should take that, you know, double the dose. And uh, he'll get like a little a little kickback for that. And uh, that's the way the world really works. And this is nothing new. I mean, it's been like this. It's just the whole thing is very fishy and very corrupt. And it's sad that we have regular people around us, nice people, good people, who are likely going to be harmed by this thing. And... Uh, and then the crazy thing in addition to that is like you're not even allowed to say that or, or people dislike you and and call you crazy and call into question your judgment and uh, your your power of thought or whatever. And like I got people in my own family who want to go take this thing and, and who already have. And it's just like, damn, you really you really didn't listen to anything I said. And it's just nothing that I say matters and uh, you're just going to listen to the TV. So it's just uh, it's a really crazy world that we live in, and you have to ask yourself why why can't we get through to these people, and and why can't you get people to do their own research or to even consider these facts that are out there about maybe this thing isn't that safe, or maybe the the pandemic isn't as severe as we're led to believe, or maybe masks aren't really necessary. Any of the any number of things that's been going on, but people don't see it, and they uh, they refuse to see it. And even if you bring forth the facts, they're resistant to it, and that's because people are just trained not to see it. They don't, they can't even like entertain that notion. Um, it's it's almost it's ingrained in them to be resistant to it, and. Once people do start to understand it or or realize that maybe everything is not what it seems or maybe COVID is um, about something else, maybe it's a political agenda, maybe it's to get money for the pharmaceutical companies or or whatever, you know, to change the economic system, which is – it's all of those things and and something much greater. But they'll they'll think that like this shit just started with COVID. But it's way older than that. Like it, we were born into this system, and even our parents and our grandparents were born into this system too. And that's the thing that's like hard for people to grasp and understand that this system is way older than we are, and uh, it's it's something that's been around for a really long time. And exposing this one aspect of it isn't necessarily going to change this this big fucking conspiracy that we're just born into so these are the types of things i think about when i'm at breakfast and uh man it just drives me crazy i just wish that people could could like watch the videos that that i've i've watched and tried to share to no avail i mean the the only people who really watch them are people who are have are already on that shit you know um yeah, it's just sad. I, I wish people could hear other doctors talk about what's going on because there are whistleblower type doctors and, and scientists and microbiologists and 
people like that who have come forth and, and explained in exhausting detail what the dangers of this this thing could be. And uh, that information is kept from us. It is shadow banned. The channels are deleted. And then you have to, well, obviously the thing that goes along with that is, okay, well, why aren't more experts coming out and, and saying, like bringing the truth out? And the reason why is because they're going to lose their job. They're going to lose their credibility. They're, they're going to lose the li- their life as they know it. So you have scientists who, who will go public, and then they'll ask their colleagues at, at their universities or their hospital or whatever. They'll be like, hey, could you back me up on this? I mean, you know it's true. You have the same training as I do. You understand this. Could you, could you back me up? And uh, people will straight up say, like, no, nah, I, I, I mean, I, I feel for you, but I can't go, go public with that information because I'm not going to get this grant from from the government to do my research or I'm not going to be able to work at this place or whatever. So that's that's how easy it is because your career is over once you go public on these things. And it's the same thing that happens to people who spoke out against 9-11 and tried to expose the truth that happened with that. Um, the same thing with people who go public about chemtrails and what they're spraying on us and the experimentations that they're doing on us. And it's nothing new with the vaccine industry either because there's been whistleblowers in that industry too who have come forth, people who have worked for the CDC and worked for big pharma companies who have uh, gone public and tried to expose what's really going on. And uh, your life is just fucking over once you do that. And most people don't have that type of moral conviction to to go out on a limb and expose the truth and then have their life go to shit. <laughs> it's just uh, we don't live in a, in a time like that. And maybe there was a time like that in the past when people were more, I guess, more religious, for lack of a better word, and uh, they had more morals and more of a dedication to doing the right thing. But nowadays, it's easy to buy people off. We live in this materialistic society where most people don't believe in any type of higher power and if they do it's some weird like vague astrological fucking has to do with the moon and stars and planets and zodiacs and shit like that like there's no moral guiding principle it's just all about you know positive vibes and think the right thing and everything will be okay and there's no there's no do the right thing attitude that that might come with other um, forms of faith. So these are the times we live in, and what can you expect of it? And it sucks to be someone who's like trying to figure out what's going on and then trying to share that with other people, and you don't get anything out of it. All you get is ridiculed, and maybe we're getting to the point where you might get arrested or killed or whatever put into some camp, some re-education camp, like fucking Nazi Germany or like the Gulag Archipelago, talked about by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And I've been reading that book, and it's fucking nuts, man, these tortures they used to do to people, and uh, man, more people need to to research that type of phenomena, that these, what went along with the communist takeover of these countries, 
like what happened after the Bolshevik Revolution in the Soviet Union or in Russia or whatever you want to call it. All the people that were killed and condemned by the government just for not going along with these crazy nonsensical ideas. And it was all about fucking just control. And I can't help but see the similarities going on right now. And you could also go back in time to what happened in Cambodia with with the communist revolution that took place there when the Khmer Rouge overthrew the the government in Cambodia. And this was all during Vietnam. America knew what was going on. The reason they even were able to to like garner the support for a communist revolution in Cambodia is because America had bombed the shit out of Cambodia. I think it's the most heavily bombed country ever. And they weren't even officially at war with Cambodia. But the Viet Cong were using Cambodia as part of their um, fucking Ho Chi Minh Trail thing where they were supplying arms to the North Vietnamese through Cambodia. So America bombed the shit out of Cambodia and pissed a lot of people off. These Cambodian people who just, they don't have any education or anything. They're just farming rice. And uh, it's like every other day they're getting a bomb dropped on them and, and they're killing their kids and their wives and whatever. So then you have fucking Pol Pot show up and he rallies these motherfuckers up and he says that the West is the devil and they concur considering how they're getting blown up by the West and then they form this communist army, and then they fucking overthrow the government. And then what happens afterward, though, is what's important, and it's just the condemnation of anybody who speaks out against the government and against the bullshit that they're doing. And uh, they torture and kill people. Like, millions and millions of people have been killed by the government. And it's it's nothing new. So just to give you a historical context about what's happening like right now, I it just feels eerily similar to to other events that have taken place in history, um, and maybe that's why we're not given the real history in school. I mean, of course, it's part of that. If if people understood what really happened in history, and they understood that history repeats itself, or you could say that history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Uh, people would be more reluctant to just blindly blindly accept whatever the government says because it's just they're not fucking looking out for you. They don't care about you. Um, anyways, what am I going to do, bitch about the government for an hour? I went hiking the other day, and it was beautiful. I went up uh, in the mountains here. I live by the Sierra Nevada Mountains, one of the most beautiful mountain ranges in the world, they say. I don't know. I haven't been to them all. I'm sure there's a lot of nice ones. But this one's particularly nice. Does the job for me. Uh, I was way up there. And, you know, it's late April. So a lot of the snow is melting. There's still a good amount of snow on the mountains. But a lot of it has melted. But you have this snowpack that, that's that been here since, you know, early winter or late fall of last year. And um, get a lot of fucking snow out here. And I noticed something really really weird with with the snowpack so you have all this snow and then as time goes on and the sun comes out and it warms up a little bit the snow begins to melt and the snowpack becomes more compacted and it really it turns into like an ice sheet um and then what i've noticed is in the forest all over the forest where 
where there was just snow that had just melted, there's these little webs, like these little filaments that look like spider webs. And it covers the whole forest floor. As long as it, like, as long as there was just snow that had just melted. And like I said, it's it's not freshly fallen snow. This is part of the snowpack that has been there for months and months. So once this snowpack begins to melt, it leaves right after it melts and it's still kind of damp and like cold over the pine needles and the, and the sticks and the pine cones and whatever's on the forest floor. It leaves this layer of these filaments that resemble spider webs. And I was looking at, I'm like, man, there must be a fucking bazillion spiders. This, this is spider central, but there was no insects to be found. There was no spiders or anything. It's just, it's part of, uh, the snow, this filament shit is in the snow. And what it is, it's just part, it's from the chemtrails. They spray the sky with these polymers, the these like filament things. And it's used as the cloud condensation nuclei, uh, which the water droplets then form around. And then the water droplets freeze. They go up and down in the clouds. And then that's what makes a snowflake. And then it falls down. And then there's so much snow but like as it melts, it must be bringing these uh, these little filaments down to the bottom because it, uh, I'm assuming it doesn't evaporate like normal water would. Um, it just goes into the soil. And it was really weird to, to see this shit. Um, and it's something that nobody's talking about. Like you would think people would notice this, but it's not really talked about. And the only reason I noticed it was because I had come across it like when I was doing some research, some photos that somebody took that was like, look, this is this happens right after the snow melts. And uh, these little polymer web-like fibers are, are left after the snow melts. And it was really weird to see that like in real life firsthand and to see the whole forest like that. Wherever there was snow and wherever snow had just melted – that's what it looked like. And I even took the snow and like flipped it over and looked under it and looked at the bottom layer of the snow where it's like turned into ice. And you could see these little filaments like hanging off of it. And it's like, okay, so what is this? Are there fucking snow spiders who just live in the snow? That's not it. It's It comes from above. It comes from the snow. So pretty fascinating phenomenon. And then you, it obviously raises the question... What are these things made out of? Why are they spraying this in the sky? And what is it doing to the ecosystem? What is it doing to us? What's it doing to the trees and the water and the fucking animals and the insects? And all of that, because all that stuff is interwoven. The whole ecosystem is dependent on one another. So so what is that doing influencing this foreign material, these, these weird little polymer filaments into the ecosystem? I don't know. They seem harmless enough. I don't think it's going to kill us. Maybe not immediately. But what the hell is it? And I took a couple samples of it. In fact, I got a little bag of it right here. And then what happens to it, though, when the sun comes out, I, it just, like, turns to dust. It dries out and then, like, just gets assimilated into the soil, I'm assuming. But if you go out there and it's still wet... And you, you see the spot where the snowpack just melted, you'll, you'll see this. And I encourage you, if you're next to the mountains where there's been a heavy accumulation of snow over months and months, 
to go and check this out for yourself because it's fucking there. It's happening. Very, very strange stuff. And um, just one of those, another one of those things, those environmental things that aren't being talked about. And it's just so ironic living in a time where everything is about climate change and global warming and we have to go green and you have to stop driving cars and eating meat because uh, you're going to contribute to the the world dying. Uh, you're, you're poisoning the world. Meanwhile, the government who who is claiming to help us and be our saviors and wants to inject us with their saving inoculation – is is spraying this these concoctions on us every single day, um, and uh, and it's something that isn't talked about in mainstream science. And if you do talk about it, like I said earlier, you're going to be condemned, you're going to be ridiculed, you're going to be ostracized from the scientific community. You're not going to have a job anymore, or worse, if you really start getting through to people, you're just going to get killed. I mean, that's the way it works. So. Uh, there really isn't much reward for for doing the right thing these days, and I guess that's why most people don't do it. Anyways, I just thought that was an interesting thing that I saw. Like, like, what the hell are these fibers everywhere? And I took a video of it, and I thought about posting it because it's weird. But then I figured, like, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody fucking cares. <laughs> and they would just think I'm weird, I guess. Maybe I'll post it. I don't know. Very strange, though. Very, very strange. I don't understand it. Maybe I do, though. Maybe I do. The the shit they spray in the chemtrails is three different things. There's, like, uh, the cloud condensation nuclei, which would be metals. There's there's different metal oxides, chemical oxides, like aluminum oxide, um, strontium, and barium. And other elements have been found as well. And the way they were able to determine that this was being sprayed on us is by taking soil samples and samples from pond water and and different things that could only be contaminated from the sky. And uh, they send them in to get get tested, and then the the universities will come back and be like, damn, this is fucking 10,000 times the amount of aluminum that should naturally occur in the soil. Or they'll, they'll sample some soil from like their front yard and then sample the soil from under the house. And then the soil from under the house is all normal, but the soil in the front yard will be like a thousand fucking times the amount of aluminum that should be there, or the amount of strontium or barium. And aluminum is associated with with diseases, like fucking Alzheimer's. And uh, that's been on the rise too. So they spray these metals, but they also spray these these filament things, these like polymer filaments, which is what... I saw in the forest um, that was left over by the snowpack. And that this is where it gets really weird is these these filament fibers and the the bio like nanotechnology that is encapsulated in those. Cause what these filaments are, they're like carriers. They're like little envelopes that um, have a package that they're they're delivering to the world for whatever purpose. And uh, people have studied these and and come to find this whole new fucking part of life, the, this whole new um, group of life they call a synthetic bio- biological, which is this, this uh, type of nanotechnology. It's like this little organism. It, exempl- it exemplifies uh, the characteristics of 
both a plant, an animal, a fungi, and like a robot. <laughs> and it's it's really weird, far out shit. But uh, this is what's being sprayed on us, and it's commonly known as Morgellons. And some people exhibit um, some physical symptoms of Morgellons, where where these little fibers start to protrude from their bodies, and uh, and that's a crazy ass phenomenon too. But it's a very rare condition that it that reaction doesn't happen to most people. And most people, it's just it's dormant. It's not really doing much, and. Uh, it's just there, and nobody really knows why they're doing it. Well, people do know, actually. I mean, it's it's part of the transhumanist thing. But now we're getting really far out there. I mean, you you can't even get people to notice the chemtrails, let alone study them and see that they're spraying these weird little bugs in them and shit. It's pretty fucking disgusting and disturbing. Which is probably why most people will never go there or, or try to understand it, and probably why they're getting away with it, because it's just fucking nuts. So if you talk about it, you're just you're just a crazy person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can you do though? Um, where were we? Oh, I was watching a video of uh, this guy was talking about Bernie Madoff, and he like he's this economics guy, and he watches the moves that Bernie Madoff makes like really closely to try to determine what's going to happen in the markets because Bernie Madoff is like the investor extraordinaire. And uh, Bernie's selling a bunch of his shit off. No, wait. Not Bernie Madoff. Who the fuck am I thinking? Bernie Madoff was the guy that ripped all the people off. Warren Buffett was who it was. Not Bernie Madoff. Warren Buffett. Uh, Yeah, so he watches the moves that this guy makes really closely to try to determine what's going to happen in the markets. And apparently Warren Buffett was notorious for, like, never selling his stocks. He says he just buys them and... uh, he he just holds them and they accumulate value and then he like borrows against them and uses them as collateral in order to like get loans and that's how the rich stay rich apparently just through borrowed money but now he's just selling a bunch of his shit which is uncharacteristic of old warren and uh they're kind of thinking well why would he do this and he he sold a lot of his stocks in different banks and some of the his like stock in Pfizer I think too but there was like 10 or 12 different companies. And then he bought a couple stocks too, though. And they were in the telecom industry and the pharmaceutical industry. And uh, it got me thinking about the connection between the telecom industry and the pharmaceutical industry, which doesn't really seem like there would be a correlation. But then as I started thinking about it, I, I kind of started to realize it's totally the same shit. It's all run by the same people, probably, once you go up to the top. But um, just the connection in the technology, because now pharmaceuticals have gotten into the realm of the nanotechnology thing. That's what the mRNA vaccines are. And then with telecom, they they got the 5G shit. That's the new wave, and they're working on 6G and 7G. And, man, it's just crazy to think about the connection that could exist between telecom and pharmaceuticals. Like, is this shit that they're injecting into us going to be somehow compatible or or uh, somehow influenced by the electromagnetic field that is surrounding us and the, 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 the cell phone towers and the 5G installations that are going to go up everywhere or maybe even your smartphones? Because 
I, I just, the fucking technology exists, man. And you don't get to be a gigantic telecom industry or a gigantic pharmaceutical industry without being part of the big beast system. Not saying that everyone who works in every position in these companies is part of that, but that's not how it works. Everything is compartmentalized. So so the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. And uh, yeah, the connection between like the new cell phone bullshit that they're making, uh, this new 5G, 6G, whatever technology, this whole grid that accompanies it, and um, the pharmaceutical industry where they've come out and said it that they want us to take these these shots that contain who the fuck knows what. They're not traditional vaccines. It's like a gene therapy thing. It's like little fucking nanobots is what it is. And uh, it's all happening simultaneously. Why is it happening now? And they try to act like, oh, it's just because of COVID-19. But if you if you look into COVID-19, it's not as severe as what they're saying it is. It's, it's basically a rebranding of the flu. And uh, not as many people are dying from it as, as they're trying to make it seem like. But they're really using this to to drive this shit home. They really want vaccines in every arm and uh, a phone in every pocket. So what's the fucking connection here? I don't know. I don't know. But they really want us to get it. And billions of dollars, billions of our dollars, the taxpayers' dollars, are being used to to give to influencers like on TikTok and Instagram to film themselves getting the vaccine and then to promote it to people and all this bullshit. They're giving the celebrities a bunch of money as well. And uh, it's just, it's sickening. It really is. And uh, I don't know what's worse, the fact that the government is doing this or the fact that people will probably listen to the fucking celebrities as if they know. You know, it's it's there's articles out there that say that they're going to use celebrities to combat vaccine hesitancy and to answer any lingering questions that vaccine hesitant people might have about the vaccine. It's like what the what the fuck does Magic Johnson know about vaccines, or or what does uh, I don't know who else did they have up there? They had a bunch of different douchebag people. I don't know, but um, that's the plan, and that's what they're doing is using this these different propaganda techniques to manipulate people into getting this inoculation. So, very weird stuff. Obviously, we could go on all day talking about that, but it's kind of depressing, isn't it? Isn't it weird? I live in a weird world. I'll put up some links to this to this woman's site where she kind of explains what's going on with the chemtrails. If you're interested in it, um I find it interesting. But most people don't give a fuck. Anyways, I got a couple articles that I will read to you. I'll try my best here. Let's see. Dang it, I lost it. I'm on the wrong site here. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is about the the real estate market. And if you've been looking for a home or, or an apartment or anything, and you live on the West Coast or maybe anywhere in America... You know the prices are just outrageous. They've they've like doubled for everything. You can get a, sh- a shitty little uh, apartment is like at least a thousand bucks. 
You want something nice, it's going to be 1500 The average price for a one-bedroom in Carson City is 1550 which is outrageous. But you got all these people moving in from California. There's just a mass exodus from the West Coast because the government of California is just ruining that fucking place. Same with uh, a lot of cities in um, Oregon and Washington, too. A lot of people just want to get out. So it's driving up the prices in Nevada and Idaho and Utah and Arizona. And it's cool if you own a house and you're trying to sell it, but if you're like a lowly peasant who's just trying to get by and like have somewhere to live, it makes it tough, man. So this says, uh, Mom and pop landlords dying on the vine as unevictable tenants enjoy pandemic protections. As million, oh, this is by Tyler Durden off of uh, Activist Post. As millions of renters across America continue to benefit from sweeping protections against eviction during the COVID-19 pandemic, their landlords haven't been so fortunate. According to Bloomberg, nearly $47 billion in rent relief from the Biden administration has been slow to materialize, forcing mom-and-pop landlords into financial hardship or forced to sell to wealthy investors. Bloomberg, perhaps... To invoke sympathy for the landlord class, focused on the impact felt by minority landlords. Right? Because uh, everything has to be white and black. Everything's about that shit. Not to say it doesn't suck. Ah, any fucking way. You know you know what's going on. And it has this little graph here that um, it's, expresses what's going on. It says, like their tenants, these landlords are more likely to be non-white or to be immigrants using real estate for their economic foothold. Now, mortgage maintenance and tax bills are piling up, putting landlords in danger of losing their buildings or being forced to sell to wealthier investors hunting for distressed deals. The tens of billions of dollars that Congress allocated for rent relief starting in December and then with the second allotment in March was supposedly to help by covering back rent and unpaid utility bills. But the rollout has been moving at the speed of bureaucracy, which varies from state to state. And that's from the the Bloomberg article. In one example, airport janitor Joaquin Villanueva has had to take out a home equity loan to make ends meet while maintaining a three-unit rental house in East Boston. One of his tenants is eight months behind on rent, while another, an unemployed restaurant dishwasher, owes him five grand. He says, I don't want to lose my house, so I'm doing whatever I have to do, uh, says Villanueva, who is an El Salvadorian immigrant who works at Logan International Airport, adding, I'm not rich like Donald Trump. Yeah, most of us aren't. Um, another distressed landlord, Jamaican-American Lincoln Eccles, owns a 14-unit building in the Crown Heights section of Brooklyn. Eccles says investors have been flooding him with unsolicited phone calls, texts, and emails. He says that selling would bring much-needed relief, as he's now a year behind on taxes and gas bills. Eccles says he's rather keep the building acquired by his immigrant father in order to pass it down to his firstborn. Uh, who was born this month. Unfortunately to Eccles, one tenant owes him more than 40 grand in back rent. Five units are empty and Eccles can't afford to replace or even fix a boiler that broke down again in March. The rent relief program will only help so much. He's unlikely to get government grants to cover losses from a tenant who left in November owing him $96,000. Man, that's fucked up. 
according to a Realty Track executive VP Rick Sharga, the fact that we're over a year into the pandemic really puts a lot of landlords at risk. That said, not much is known about how many landlords themselves are in desperate situations. Bloomberg notes, however, it doesn't take much to fall behind in income stops coming from, oh, if income stops coming from one tenant in a small building. With each passing month, the problem gets bigger and harder to solve. So what now? It's going to be an ordeal either way. In order to remedy shortfalls in rent, both renters and landlords will need to cooperate for the landlord's benefit with local governments often requiring long, detailed applications signed by both parties in order to prevent fraud. Meanwhile, many landlords don't qualify for federal COVID-19 mortgage forbearance because less than a third have mortgages backed by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Freddie Mac, or another federal agency. While local governments can't afford to let landlords pause property tax payments, particularly in cities that have suffered economic devastation, due to the pandemic. The long-term concern here over the course of a few years is that a growing share of mom-and-pop landlords will be forced to sell and rents will go up, said Rutgers assistant professor of sociology who researches housing inequality. There's a lot of private equity interest and a real possibility of growing consolidation. So, uh, that's a bummer. I mean, if you've usually when you're renting, if you're renting from a private party, from just a regular dude who owns a house or a woman, um, the rent tends to be cheaper than if you're going through some big giant real estate conglomerate. And and there's a lot of bullshit associated with that too. So uh it kind of seems like part of the plan, huh? Uh from the government side, the situation is a quagmire. Even as the pace of payments pick up. Other challenges are looming. The way Congress allocated the money gave an outsized share to smaller states with low renter populations. New York's $2.4 billion portion of the funds, for instance, is expected to cover less than 80% of back rent, utilities, and late fees owed in the state as of March, according to estimates from Moody's Analytics. In Illinois, it's just 45%. Vermont, however, gets roughly $350 million allocation, enough to pay for the state's needs more than nine times over. So where's that money going? While Congress provided the Treasury Department with authority to fix any mismatch in funding, the reallocation can't happen for several more months. And he says, uh, standing up a brand new program like this that's very high touch and has to get out ASAP is really tough. Blah, 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 fucking everything's fucked. And, and uh, houses are really expensive. That's that's the gist of that long article. Are you still with me? That was kind of boring, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, rent's expensive, right? Fucking Captain Obvious. And uh, what are we going to do? I think a lot of people my age will never own, own a house. And I think people buying houses right now, might be in some deep water here in a little bit when when the the whole market crashes. It can't stay up for this long. I mean, I don't know, but interest rates are really low, though. So I guess it's a good time to buy a house if you got the money. But when the house you bought for $400,000 soon becomes worth $200,000, but you're paying a mortgage for $400,000, 
that's a little rough. That's when uh, shit hits the fan. That's when you buy a house. <laughs> Anyways, um, where am I at here? How long have I been talking? Is anyone here? Say something if you're with me. All right, I'm going to read another article. This one's about smartphones. Um, and just my personal experience with smartphones. Those things are crazy, man. I don't know what kind of mind control technology they got in these things. But it's really easy to be on your smartphone all day for like 8 hours or 12 hours. Especially if you're hungover. Just looking at your phone like a zombie. It can't be good. It can't be good for you. So this article, another one from Activist Post. They just do great work there. I'm just, I'm a big fan. Kids and smartphones. More warnings. More warnings about impact on sleep quality, social, emotional, and cognitive development. This one is by B.N. Frank. Tech insiders, a.k.a. Silicon Valley parents, have gone to great lengths to limit their own kids' use and exposure to screens. This includes making their nannies sign no-screen contracts and sending their kids to private, low-tech, or no-tech schools. This has been going on for many years, so they must have at least suspected that screen use could harm kids. Of course, health experts, including the American Academy of Pediatrics, have been warning for many years about kids' use and exposure to screens, smartphones, and other sources of wireless technology. Activist Post has highlighted some of these warnings, though it's difficult to keep up with all of them. And it has links to all of these articles. And I'll put up links to all these articles, too. Uh, Here's another one courtesy of the Environmental Health Trust. Kids and smartphones, a warning for parents about harmful impacts. PhD researcher Samudu Malawara Chichi and Dr. Sharon Harwood from Deakin University School of Psychology found that the more time toddlers and preschoolers spent on smartphones and iPads, the greater risk of negative impacts on their social, emotional, and cognitive development and sleep quality and quantity. So, I mean, that's... I think people would know that. If someone sits inside playing video games all day, they, they're they not very sociable, and they don't really know what to do. I have personal experience with this, and uh, seen seen lives go to shit from people who don't want to go outside. They just want to stay inside and live in this weird fantasy world and uh, play these, these weird games and watch weird porn and, <laughs> I don't know, fucking drive themselves nuts. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Kids and smartphones, a warning for parents about the impacts. Young children who spend large amounts of time on mobile screens are more likely to have problems sleeping and managing their emotions and behavior. PhD researcher... What the fuck? I just read that shit. Okay, they're just going to repeat stuff. Miss Malawarachichi said the results of the recent study reveal the harms caused by prolonged use of mobile screens is likely to outweigh any perceived benefits for the toddlers or preschoolers. But are are people really giving the phones to the kids as a benefit to the kids? Fuck no. They're giving it to them to, to shut them up uh, so they don't have to pay attention to them. It's a, their new babysitter, so they don't have to pay attention to the kids. You've seen it. Our research reviewed all the relevant national and international studies looking to developmental factors and mobile screen use early in childhood. The findings so far indicate that toddlers and preschoolers who use mobile screens more often and for longer periods of times... Dude, they've fucking repeated this like five times. I'm not reading this article. Terrible article. 
<laughs> they have 10 different paragraphs where they say it could cause sleep problems and emotional problems. Anyways, <laughs> I'll put the link up if you want to read it. I'm not going to keep reading the same sentence in a different paragraph. Who's writing this shit? It is a good article, though, and it um, it goes into a lot of different things. It's just not very podcast-friendly here. It has a bunch of videos of doctors talking about how your cell phone's going to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, It's all good, though. Fuck it. YOLO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're trying to take our guns, too. Let's see. Republicans join Democrats to push federal gun confiscation bill by paying states to accept it. There you go. Just give them a little bit of money, right? Gotta grease the right pockets. Since George Floyd's death, police have killed more young black people than COVID. There you go. At least someone's doing their job. Apocalyptic St. Vincent eruption may have GDP. That's not good. That's the one where uh, the volcano erupted on that island and then they would only evacuate people if they had the vaccine. <laughs> and then if you didn't have it and they, evacuated, and they evacuated you, they made you get it. Justice. As Yemen war intensifies, Biden's set to resume weapon sales. That's right. Somebody's got to supply them with the guns. Uh, dude, it's kind of crazy to... to think about how many guns are made on a daily basis. And uh, when you consider that, you got to realize that there's never going to be an end to war. Why would there be? There's too much money in it. Like, a lot of money. There's so many different things that go into manufacturing a gun. A lot of of machine shops are kept open from the guns. And that's a fact. That's a fact. Uh... Yeah, so uh, chemtrails, huh? You seen those things? They're up there. Chemtrails are the weirdest thing to me. I don't know. I made a song about it once. It was either the best or the worst decision I ever made. I don't know. I don't know. What are we going to do about it, though? I- I'm going to put up this link to this this uh, this website, aboutthesky.com. It's pretty interesting, and it goes into what the heck is going on here, and um, maybe I'll, I'll read a little bit about it. Let's read about the trees, huh? It, it, you could look at the bark on the trees and see that some of the bark towards towards the bottom of the tree is turning white, and that's because of the, the weird little... Um, microbes that are being absorbed by the tree so it says the tube sock effect on trees what is it all over the country trees are showing strange symptoms tube socks which is bark turning white from the ground up for about two or three feet uh, dead leaves and branches bending downward Uh, look up into the tree and you might see the leaves looking scorched and brown well before winter interior growth is sparse black fungus is another report what's causing this Rumors circulate about the usual beetles or unidentified fungus, conveniently vague and with the familiar nothing-to-get-worried-about subtext or afternote. In the case of the tube socks, as the white material builds up, the bark of the trees will come off in big chunks in your hand. Notice in this picture that the white stuff also shows on the roots, and it has a picture of this tree with, with all this weird white stuff. 
Uh, basically saying that it's from the from the trees sucking up the chemtrail shit. It's just killing the fucking trees, man. Eh, what can you do though? I'm not gonna read this whole thing. Go out and look for yourself. Look at all the dead trees. I remember driving through Yosemite and seeing just a whole entire mountainside of dead trees. A whole mountain, actually. Multiple mountains. Like, multiple square miles of dead trees. And it's... What's going on, man? We need these things. But they, they do have a plan. There's been a plan for a long time to to uh, make GMO trees. Trees that, like, can't even reproduce. Just like the GMO seeds that Monsanto gives to the poor countries. Uh, they want to do GMO trees. You know, GMO mosquitoes, GMO trees, GMO vaccines. Ay, ay, ay. There's a lot of it, a lot of it available. So, been thinking about music too. What I'm gonna do with my music stuff. I was watching this guy, Young Dolph. He's a rapper. Apparently pretty big in some circles. I don't listen to him. But, uh, He's talking about how much money he uses to promote a song. Just one song. He said, I'll go from like a quarter million dollars to a million dollars for one song. That's how much money it takes to uh, to get your shit popping, to get on the radio, to get on the right, like to get the right interviews and on the right blogs and playlists and all of that. So uh, that's the way the music industry works, man. To, to be an independent artist and get like a bunch of shine, it's just not going to happen unless you get on a label and they're willing to put a bunch of money behind you. Um, either you got to get that money yourself and hire someone, uh, hire a marketing team to do these things for you, or uh, or you're just going to be stagnant. You're not going to you're not going to blow up. Like people think that you could just put a hot song in the internet and it'll. Um, make you into a star, but it's just not going to happen. It ain't going to happen, folks. Unless you're really smart and really um, tactical about that. I mean, anything could happen, but realistically, it's it's highly unlikely. So. so quit. Quit making music. It's not worth it. No, I'm just kidding. Do whatever makes you happy, but don't expect to become the next Drake. Unless you got Drake money. Anything's possible if you got Drake money. I think about that sometimes. Like, what if I had as much money as Elon Musk? What would I be doing? I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I'd have video to the podcast. And if you're thinking about why this sounds so crispy, I just got a new mic cable. My other one was garbage, and it was cutting out, and just sounded terrible. So I went and bought this sucker, went down to my local music shop, paid uh, $19 for this thing, and... And here we are, sounding good. I've been talking for long enough, though. I'm going to leave you with this song off the new Vinnie Paz album, which is pretty cool. You should check it out. It's called uh, Burn Everything That Bears Your Name, I believe what it's called. This song is called Witch's Teeth. Witch's Teeth, right? Uh, and it features Ill Bill and Lord Goat. Listen and enjoy. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, I'll catch you next time. Peace out. This is a 15-year-old boy who also wanted to be special. Before hanging himself, he wrote on his body, I'm coming home, master, and Satan lives, and 666. The book was the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey.
After Scott Waterhouse's trial, both the prosecution and the victim's father claimed that although the Satanic Bible did not condone violence, Waterhouse had interpreted it that way. The book made you feel, do what you want to do. And the heck with everybody else, more or less. And I believe that that had a lot to do with it. It tries to make itself innocuous. But if you actually read it and believe it to the letter, it's a very dangerous manifesto. I'm a Aki with the Ziploc. That's what happened when them D-boys moved to Whip-Wop. Some bullshit, blicky, mind greater than size. A killer always a killer, be a stake in his eyes. It's three of y'all, it's one of me, I play with the eyes. Sometimes you pray backwards, being Satan replies. This is something you can't study. You know you got bread when you're eating your steak bloody. I see your eye bending it's off with their heads. And y'all gonna see the kid wilding like I'm off of my meds. You like lefty talking to Donnie, you talking to feds. I'm a Joe Spinell dirtbag walking the edge. The plug talking white, he ain't speaking to Caucasian. To pale blue dot and I'm meeting with Carl Sagan. I got hitters and that mean that you get murked by whoever. Just because we working on me now, we working together. Yeah, Trump Face Baphomet, mask of death, blood stain pump sprays at your head, guns blaze at your friend, green bean pop the dude, extreme like Mountain Dew, or Hitler experiments, German bitches belt your piss, burners with extended clips, and bomber fluid, new pores with the extended drippity drip, slitty lid. Enter palace is draped the Basquiat, and I'll be dying, beyond the dimes of the gods of the mafia. Butcher like DJ Polo, burn the ozone Still activist with the Howie homegrown I make bail, my face on the screen like Al Israel Beverly Hills Ninja, sleeves on scales Hail the kitchen stove, got an acetone with the tootie stand Refrigerator Perry holds weight, fuck it, I can't prepare Like faces of death of VHS, cut and drain you like blessed death Seven shots cut through your chest Lizards of bullets, lizards with mullets They've gotten bold lately, they been shape-shifting in public Swam me in the granny bag, where my shooters at? My day ones, never have to tell them who to clap Medusa in the plate, truck like the backseat The black pistols blast hit you, hollow missiles crash into Last thing you see, Travis Bickle Mohawk Blast the pistol, blow your dome off, lit like a blowtorch Suit suits, ace freely boots, pagan truth 80 shots for your moon roof, it's LeVeon juice We will die kings, Michael Dots under my eyelids Burn tight stick, Pyrex fridge, oven side dish Pushing bundles on Uber drivers, two for fives Mandatory suicide, Uncle Howard shoot that on joy rides Cool's night out after drive-bys Be go for strudel like wise guys Piano wire straight through the eyes 